1: Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the Playmakers.
2: No regrets, they say, but I have one. Paul Leihander here, Lindsey Brown there as we kick off a Thursday.
3: Kicking it off with a regret, too. Would you like to share with I know. the class? No, I will.
2: I woke up this morning. It was a little breezy, but there was still some some blue sky out there and I was like I'm gonna go for a run and then time got away from me morning got away from me and now I look outside and it's not the most pleasant no. to be honest and so I'm kicking myself just a little bit I didn't get out ahead of the wind which picked up probably about an hour after I would have finished sure and so it might be a treadmill run tonight unfortunately
3: yeah it'll get the job done but it won't feel as good
2: you Pretty much. Yeah.
3: yeah it's it, basically like my sleeping schedule right now. I get like one full REM cycle and then yeah. we're all the way up. So I was like, you know, since we're up at 530 this morning, there you go. why don't we stop by Pink Box Donuts? Okay. Bring Donuts over to Chet at Toy Drive. Sure. Because he'd day eight out there. He's on the corner of, of Jones and Sahara collecting yep. the bikes, collecting the, the gift cards. We talked to him on Monday. Yeah. Um And I showed up with the donuts, and they have Krispy Kreme guy on the air as I'm walking up. I'm not joking. You cannot make it up, Paul. I felt so bad. And it, it, honest mistake. Everybody understood. I made a couple of good jokes about it. But I just kind of dropped him off, said hi, and then hightailed it out of there right. because I didn't want to be in the way either. And so, yeah, we we got to find uh, ways to waste our time sometimes.
2: Okay. Gotcha. Yep. You didn't So at least you didn't binge watch Emily in Paris again.
3: No, no. Watching things don't doesn't help us much anymore. Sure. So we have to find other ways.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you, did, you didn't bring in Krispy Kreme's back, though. It's like, I didn't, you know what? Normally, I didn't go to
3: Krispy Kreme. I know what
2: I was saying. Normally, the, the 23rd annual Chet Buchanan Toy Drive tends to be kind of one of those events where we all benefit from that, not just the community mm. when it comes to the donations and the bikes and the gift cards. But sometimes, occasionally, Chet doesn't eat a full dozen donuts while he's out there. Yeah. And so maybe three or four of them, magically appear in the break room here.
3: Yeah, sorry. I just leave the box there for everyone else, and I just kiss like 20 bucks goodbye. But I mm. at least I paid oh. it forward. Did you get the poop ones? No, I got the cheap ones. Oh. And then the... they didn't put the two that I wanted in the dozen either. It's just oh, not a good hose yeah, got, Oh, you got hoes there. You should
2: go back. I bet you, no, if, we, I bet you if we call them out. Lindsay would like the two that she wanted.
3: No, nah, it's all right. They're just donuts. They're a bigger <gasps> fish to fry. I just don't.
2: No, not just donuts. Donuts are I the. I had a plain,
3: plain iced magic. one magic. instead without sprinkles. Was
2: it satisfying though?
3: No, but it's okay.
2: Oh, sorry to hear
3: that. Very few things are don't donuts satisfy.
2: Oh man, goodness! All right, I gotta turn that frown upside down when it comes to dessert.
3: Yeah, yeah. Seriously, <laughs> I'm getting sick of like the coffee ice creams, all that stuff. I gotta, coffee I gotta get ice new, new, cream? Yeah, I'm getting. I gotta get into some new groups here real quick.
2: They say that every like six years everything changes like within your body sure like the palate and kind of like skin complexion Mm -hmm. and other things kind of turn over and all of a sudden like you'll have like a new allergy or something or you'll have like a new kind of something that completely satisfies you but for a lot of people they can't quite figure it out and it takes them so long that by the time they figure it out the six years has gone by correct all of a sudden you're like seriously
3: yep yep that's the worst when you just can't quite get what, you, what you're what you seeking for. Sure. Yeah.
2: Of course. Yeah. Well, we all play that game.
3: We do indeed.
2: Coming up a uh, full show today, 3.20, host of Fade the Noise podcast and host of You Bet Tonight, which you'll find on cable networks everywhere, at least if you have regional sports channels. That'll be Nate Lundy. He'll be on with us. Sweet. Uh, we'll also talk about Board games becoming game shows, and the latest one that is coming to television, mm. which I'm a little surprised about, but it's been around before. Uh, we'll dig into that about 3.50 today, and then if there are must-see athletes on the planet, we will dig into that as well at 4.25, make you scratch your head just a little bit. And I managed, as I stopped by one of the local casinos this morning, of course. I picked up some paperwork, mm. and we're going to run through a few Props.
3: Interesting. Yeah, I got some cool props here for you. We what, don't normally uh, do that for but... three points or donut where are you picking up this morning. I was,
2: uh I was at Silverton Casino ah, you this love morning. Solerton. I love the Silverton casino. Yep. Um and it was lightly trafficked when I was in there. Uh and uh had a little video poker action.
3: Oh, look at you. Yeah, just a little video poker good, action. It's good stuff. Yep. Wake up with the what are you? It's like putting your, your slippers on, the bunny slippers. They're super soft. Just right up.
2: Right. Slid right in there. Yep. Started uh slid into the DMs. Started picking winners, that's for sure. Good All right, for so you. full show coming today. And uh that's Lindsay and Paul, and let's get you the five biggest stories or talkers of the day. It's your daily check down, powered by Odyssey Sports, number one. It is a Thursday night football night. Lindsay, you can hurl any time
3: you want. I've already gotten that out of the way.
2: (laughs) The full purge has happened. It's happening. The Minnesota Vikings host the Pittsburgh Steelers.
3: Yep. Doesn't really mean a whole lot. I mean, I think both teams are technically still in contention because if the yes. Lions are, so are they. Uh, but the Vikings have been on this spiral for weeks. They've they're missing some of their biggest names, including uh, Adam Thielen will be out for the offense tonight. Danielle Hunter's been out for weeks. He's my favorite player, but Dalvin Cook is going to play through a, a shoulder injury, which I don't really understand why. Even if you do have. Uh, Playoff hopes still on the line, and Mike Zimmer, it's your job, technically still on the line. I don't push someone. Maybe he wants to go out there himself, but this is where it's just like he could get seriously hurt, but maybe he's fine.
2: The line is Vikings minus three, 43 and a half is the over-under, and the Steelers, who apparently have their defense back.
3: They might win it with their just their defense only. <laughs> right?
2: But it is a road game, but Mike Tomlin's teams do tend to cover on the road. But it is a Thursday night football game of two teams fighting for a wild card spot. Pittsburgh is in Minnesota. Number two. They're not getting locked out after all.
3: Oh, funny how quickly that got taken care of, right?
2: The Arizona Coyotes have apparently paid their taxes $1.3 million. Like, I don't know how you get that kind of a check first of all to pay, but you just do. Yeah. So they will not be locked out of their own home arena, which they're only playing for for legitimately the next six months or so, because let's be honest, the Coyotes, unless... Meteors start crashing from the heavens. will not be making the playoffs in the Western Conference.
3: No, certainly not. And it's just more egg on the face of just that franchise and and trying to find a home, but then it has a home, but it doesn't treat their home super well. It's just a really big uh, brain fart. I, they said it's human error. I don't know how that big of a human error gets made in, in that in <laughs> yeah. that size of a business. I'm pretty sure if any of us made that individual error we'd have a few feds knocking on our door and we wouldn't get so much as like, oh just pay us when you're when you're good to go uh, but I guess the people at the big checks get to have bigger gaps. And leniencies.
2: Yeah, one point three million dollars. It's a lot of money, uh, yeah. but they are current on all their bills now and tax liabilities. So they had the money; they just didn't pay it. Apparently, just slid through the cracks. Listen, if if the uh, people with the extended car warranty keep finding me, you think we could right. track down Seriously. some of those bills? It's the like were capable
3: capable of why y is Y happening? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Slip someone's mind. That's how it is, right? We didn't stamp the letter, didn't sign the check. Sure. You know, and the million dollar It's easy uh, to skirt
3: that accountability because that's a victimless crime, right?
2: $1.7 million, Yeah. Uh, $1.3 million now paid, uh, but the Coyotes basically just extends their life. There's six more months. They still do not have a place to play in the 2022 season. It's a problem. It does not exist. Number three. Big, 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 big season announced for the WNBA today. <laughs> 36 games longest in the league history and they're going to start it super early too well before memorial day they're going to start may the 6th It's
3: a reason why
2: uh just to get in all the games and it's also the world cup is in september in australia so they want to
3: usually a tournament a floating tournament or two in there
2: yeah that's the big one so they will they will get ahead of that but they will finish up mid-august so they will go yeah, 36 games. No back-to-backs for the Vegas Aces this year, which is good for That's them. That's fantastic. Uh, they're still going to try to cut down to the travel, so they'll be doing... Uh, kind of back to or back not back to backs but
3: like series like yes, you would do in college hockey where it's like it's a weekend and you get two games in three days or something like that.
2: Yeah, so they will open up. The Aces will open up against the Phoenix Mercury in their opening game.
3: Oh, nice! And they will. I know the Sparks and and Chicago are playing each other, so Candace is getting her ring in front of the, her old pals.
2: Yeah, there will be a number of other items that come rolling down here at the end of the season, right there in the. Uh, middle of august there'll be a three game homestand for the aces as well so a lot of a lot of uh, quirks to the scheduling as they extend it a little bit longer and then some teams they will play mostly regionally they will play those teams four times Mm. as opposed to the other teams which will be played only three times
3: more games equals more revenue good things to hear
2: draft lotteries in 10 days for the wnba and free agency opens in a month wnba going big in 2022 number four Steph Curry did not repeat, did not shoot 16 three pointers last night. How many did he get?
3: Six. Just six? What a bomb.
2: It's six. What a bomb. It's six. After all that talk about how he was going to hoist up 25 shots or 25 threes or whatnot, he still got a consecutive streak going, uh, but now he needs 10. And, of course, that one's going to be on national TV, and he's playing Philadelphia.
3: Perfect. Let's posterize Joel Embiid, even though he'll be way back in the paint and Steph will be pulling up from the logo. But as I'm looking, uh, like I said, he has 10 more to pass Ray Allen where it's 2,973. Ray Allen accomplished that feat in 1,300 games. Steph's done it in 786. Yeah. Like, that's the numbers below the numbers, right?
2: Clearly, yeah.
3: But he's the guy that changed the league. He's the guy that calls his own number more than anyone, and uh, and hits it. So it's going to be a big deal when he does pass that record. But it will also be very anticlimactic because he has so much more career left. <laughs> right, yeah,
2: he's not thirty eight like, years old. And you know, coming off the bench,
3: his record probably will be broken a lot quicker than well, maybe not Ray Allen's because it wasn't like he, it's not like he's been retired for a long time. But right. Steph is the the three pointer that launched another three thousand and uh, a generation that will be following him in, in, in his footsteps. So hopefully he puts plenty of space between him and second.
2: Well, we'll find out on Saturday if he can get 10. If not, he'll have two more opportunities in upcoming days. It
3: can't be against the Pacers. Yeah, well, no, re- what, what, Reggie, Miller, Reggie no, Miller? Well, may, I guess. Only if he's calling the game and just have Larry show up and make yep. sure that he's in, in uh, attendance. But you want it, this to be as storybook as you can because it's not every day you have an all-time record being passed uh, ever. Yeah. So, you know, just wear the golden chrome domes because why would uh, anybody want to keep those pa- uh, pictures, Patrick?
2: Truth. Uh, Warriors and the Knicks, too, on Tuesday. So all those three, he just needs 10. And it's- they're all
3: at home, so yes, there's they that.
2: Yes, Yeah, that does help him a ton.
3: That's the most important thing.
2: At home. Number five. Well, the much aligned EA Sports NHL 22 game... Uh, which had mixed reviews, is going to get an expansion. It's in the game. It is in the game. And soon to be in the game will be the Women's World Hockey Championship. For the very first time, you'll be able to play all the teams in that tournament as well as the World Junior Hockey Championships as they roll out new updates. NHL 22, does this make you want to buy it now, Lindsay?
3: I might have to just because, like, out of respect for the inclusion, the finally, you know, being included, that'd be... Super nice, and I'm sure since we're starting here that next year, we'll have the PHF rosters, we'll have the Dream Gap Tour rosters. Like We're going to be all in on this, obviously. Because if we're putting the 17-year-olds on this game, we sure as hell better put the adult <laughs> professional women's players too, uh, or whoever. But yeah, it's it's a a small step, but a big one. So,
2: so you know some of the players on these women's oh, yeah. hockey. A just... lot of them so, have scored on me. Are there ones that you just kind of want to mess with?
3: Um, <laughs> like you're like, yep, I'm gonna go.
2: I'm, I'm anybody's taking-
3: played from played for Wisconsin, so like Decker, Hillary Knight, Megan Duggan. I mean, she's retired now, but they used to stir up a lot of ass back in the day, and still to this day. But um, it's this is this is great to hear and. Uh, it will help their game, and they need plenty of it. As you said, it hasn't been a, a well-reviewed edition.
2: Yeah, so plenty of uh, new exposure to uh, this game, and you'll be able to have uh, uniforms and players and logs, and you can edit them as much as you want to. Let's give
3: multiple hair options. Don't just do, like, short hair and then uh, ponytail. Short hair. Like, <laughs> yeah. let Like, let's do this right. And if you need somebody to help you do that, call someone, call me, whatever. I'm, I'm not saying I know all of it, but I probably know more. So let's... Do the right thing the first time.
2: Well, it's there, NHL 22. joy, joy. Expansions for women's hockey and juniors, and then they will also add the Men's World Hockey Championship sometime in 22 to the tournament mode. It's
3: the only time Darcy Kempers can be good. (laughs) World Hockey Cup.
2: There's your check down. Powered by BetQL, bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Coming up next, we dive into the world of fantasy sports and some betting props for tonight host to fade the noise and you bet tonight nate lundy joins us next
0: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today
1: is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Paul IHander and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
2: It's a Thursday with Thursday Night Football on the way. Paul and Lindsey with you, and we bring in a host of the Fade the Noise podcast, as well as You Bet tonight on regional sports channels everywhere. A good friend, Nate Lundy. Nate, welcome back.
4: Thank you so much. Nice to enjoy another Thursday night craptacular football game.
3: Yeah, Norm, I don't want to talk about it yet, so I want to ask you about uh, the guarantee of victory that we've heard from one Mr. Mike McCarthy, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Does that do anything for you and all your fantasy projections? Because I sure feel warm and fuzzy on the inside.
4: Yeah, that warm and fuzzy is uh, probably alcohol induced. Um, it's not. It, it, there's nothing Mike McCarthy said that changes how I feel about this game. Now I will say this: um, if you go back and look, Dak Prescott over the course of his career is 19 and 8 against the spread when it comes to NFC East opponents. This is a guy that likes to get up for the games that matter the most there within the division. Now, I would argue that some of that record is because uh, the division has been down uh, quite a bit over the last several years. However, that that aside, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. And for whatever reason, Dak really likes to play the teams in the division. So, you know, I think it's a little bit much for McCarthy to do what he did. I'd rather have him focus in on, you know, some smarter play calling and trying to figure out what's wrong with his stud running back. But uh, that said, I do think Dallas is in a really strong position this weekend.
2: All right, so we do need to dig into Thursday Night Football because it is just ahead. It is the Steelers. It is the Vikings. One of the props early on is to score first. Najee Harris and Chase Claypool are the leaders of the pack so far when it comes to Pittsburgh. But does Minnesota strike pay dirt first?
4: Um, you know, it's funny. When I when it comes to the first touchdown bets, um, I, I sort of have just a personal rule. There's absolutely no rhyme or reason to this. I always like to pick somebody on the home team just because I figure, meh, you're at home. Who knows? Maybe something good winds up happening. So, uh, you know, the problem with making that bet tonight, Paul, is is we're still trying to figure out exactly what we've got in Dalvin Cook, right? I mean, we, we, don't, we don't know whether this is just going to be an Alexander Madison type of game. Are they going to try to get Dalvin Cook involved? I frankly think that Coach Zimmer is an idiot to try to put Dalvin Cook out there. I think he's better off to take another week uh, and get him healthy, especially here on a short week uh, because you've got a very capable back in Alexander Madison. And so, if we didn't have all of that bogged down and that cloudiness about Dalvin Cook, I think I probably would also like uh, a guy like Madison for first touchdown score, which I think is around plus 600, 650, depending upon the book you're looking at.
3: Plus, if there's a prop that isn't first score, if uh, Dalvin has to sit out, CJ Ham, who's their halfback, he's usually good for one score and they really like to utilize him in the red zone. But that's just my piece of advice. I don't think the Vikings are going to win. I've given up on them weeks ago, and that's why I want to move on from this game. (laughs)
4: Well, if that's if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Although I'll tell you, I I actually think Pittsburgh might win or Minnesota might win this game because I don't trust Pittsburgh. I just, there's nothing about the Steelers that that I trust. I think Ben Roethlisberger right now looks like noodle armed Peyton Manning at the end of his career.
3: Ooh, high praise, very high praise. Yeah. Brock Osweiler well, yeah. got benched for that noodle arm, sir.
4: Yes, exactly. And then they won a Super Bowl because oh, that's right, it was because of the defense. Yeah.
2: Nate Lundy joins us via the BetQL hotline, host of Fade the Noise podcast, as well as you bet tonight on regional sports channels everywhere. Nate, as we plow into the Sunday play, and we normally we 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 started this segment many months ago talking about fantasy and talking about and it's evolved into sports betting a little bit more as well. But for fantasy owners, they are running into playoff time right now at this point. So it's a matter of at this point, what is it? Is it health or is it trying to wait out? especially when we keep getting these Monday night matchups with high-powered offenses like the Rams and Cardinals.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, uh, Paul, is ever since is the Monday night is part of it, obviously, with the Rams and Cardinals, and that'll be a great game uh, this weekend. But you're right. You're, you're waiting out your points or, you know, in the cases where we've had a couple of times where either on Sunday night or Monday night, you've got a player that you don't know the status of. And, you know, that's the that's the good and the bad of the Sunday night football games, right, is is that they can do a flex schedule on you. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the powers that be want the best possible game in primetime that they can get. And so because of that, you do sometimes wind up with the high-powered guys or the offensive weapons that you rely on on your team being the guys that you have to wait to find out their status or wait to see what their score is. I've always tried my best with my lineup to balance things so that I'm not waiting entirely on the outcome of one game, especially if it's a late game. But if you're getting into the nitty-gritty of your playoff season and if you are a bubble uh, playoff team, you've got to focus in on your best possible matchups. Um, and if that means you've got to wait it out till Monday night, unfortunately you're going to have to do it, but you just cross your fingers because if those, if those guys have the best matchup, if those guys have the most talent, that's where you've got to lean.
3: If you're looking at matchups or if you're looking at hot hands, why would anybody be starting any member of the, the Buffalo Bills at this point? Because they haven't played well in the last month and a half, as Paul alluded to, and as your life is, that playoff time is here for fantasy football. Do you think that there's enough uh, just wavering where you would uh, decide otherwise away from players in that uh, in that team, especially as they're facing the Buccaneers this weekend?
4: Yeah, it definitely has to do with the matchup this weekend. I I would agree with that 100%. You're talking about a very difficult matchup against a a strong Tampa defense. And, you know, I mean, Tampa is is performing well, and Tampa's going to be a postseason team. But at the same time, they're not sitting here, you know, undefeated or with one loss, you know, like some people thought they were going to do in the season. So, you know, they've still got some things that they need to try to figure out. They've still got, um, you know, some defensive, you know, guys coming back from injury or guys that are not quite 100% that they're dealing with. So I agree with you when it comes... Uh, to Buffalo. The other thing that's happened with Buffalo is, you know, we're not seeing the same kind of statistics, especially if you dive into uh, the advanced analytics, we're not seeing the same stuff out of Josh Allen that we saw last season. And there are questions about, well, is that a regression by Josh Allen? Is it that some defenses are figuring him out? Is it that he's struggling uh, with, with some of the, the, the offensive teammates? I happen to think it's a mixture of all of that in part because um, they have not been able to single out um, a, a running back um, they have not been able to have a featured back that um, that challenges defenses um, you know Zach Moss. You know, has some skill set. Devin Singletary has some skill set, but they aren't sitting on a guy that they can give the ball to 20-plus times over the course of a game to help make it so that Josh Allen doesn't have to do it all himself. We know he and Stephon Diggs have a great uh, rapport on the field. My concern is that they haven't established enough of a running game outside of Josh Allen to make it so that Josh Allen can do what he was doing last season.
2: Nate, talking about teams and struggling and specific players, Russ Wilson, in keeper leagues for fantasy, is he a keeper still, or are you trying to unload him as fast as you can?
4: I would tell you, Paul, that to me depends on when the deadline is going to be for you uh, as an owner in the offseason to decide your keeper because, um, you know, we've we've talked about this before. I've talked about it on other shows. You know, I, I think there is a divorce of some kind imminent in Seattle. The question is, is it that they decide to hit the reset button and Russ is actually traded somewhere else? Is it that they believe that they've got some good players, but they just believe that right now they need a coach uh, that isn't Pete Carroll. Maybe they just think, Hey Pete, thank you. We appreciate uh, the super Bowls, uh, But you know, it's time for us to try something new. Does Pete Carroll decide um, that he wants to step down and retire or, or, or whatever. So Uh, If he stays in Seattle, unless there are monumental changes on their roster, yes. I I, I think he is somebody that uh, if it were me, I would not be keeping. I probably would be trying to find somebody else on my roster that was worth a keeper spot, especially if I can only keep one or two. However if he gets traded or if something happens prior to the deadline, then it all comes down to where he winds up. Um, You know, he, there are the, there's the rumors, the reports that he had a list of teams that he was willing to waive his no trade clause for. Well, if he gets to those teams, do they have a better offensive line? Do they have uh, some good wide receiver weapons for him? Do they have a good running game so that he doesn't have to do it all himself? Like we were talking about with Josh Allen. So I think all of that wrapped in together as it stands right now, I would rather keep somebody else, probably, and look for some upside. But I'll be very curious to see where Russ is playing in 2022.
3: Norm, what's a matchup this week that you usually wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, but you're snuggling up to because of the dumpster fire slash firework potential?
4: Ah, uh, You know, dumpster fires can oftentimes turn into fireworks. Uh, let's let's be honest, sometimes things get a little bit interesting. Um, I, I think there's probably, interestingly enough, I think some of it could frankly come from the Detroit and the Broncos game uh, here in Denver on Sunday. Um, don't ask me why. I just, the over-unders at 43, and I think this thing hits the over. The Broncos are usually good for one game a year where all of a sudden things click. Uh, but outside of that, probably the Niners and the Bengals. Um, that game, if I remember correctly, has got an over-under that's sitting close to 50, and it would not surprise me at all for these two teams to have you know, 30 to 33 points on the board by halftime. Um, so I think there's probably a lot of opportunity between those two teams to, to get yourself some fantasy points.
3: All right, Norm, rank them or tank 'em. It's a healing and dealing theme this week, so all of these quarterbacks lost uh, previously. Lamar Jackson at the Browns, Joe Burrow versus the 49ers at home, or Kirk Cousins versus the Steelers at home. Rank them and then tank them.
4: Um, I will tell you that I think Kirk Cousins is actually going to put up some decent numbers tonight. I expect him to get up over his passing total, which I think sits at 351.5. I think he gets over that against an extremely suspect uh, Pittsburgh defense. He's probably in the middle for me out of those, uh, out of that setup. Joe Burrow, I think, is going to have some success, as I just said. I think there's going to be some scoring uh, in that game. Um, I know that San Francisco's defense can occasionally cause folks problems, uh, but I like Burrow um, at, in his matchup. I'd put him slightly ahead of Kirk cousins, but at the top of the list for me is going to be Lamar Jackson. And it's because look, you know, Cleveland is playing Baltimore twice in a row, right. With a, with a bye week straddled right in the middle. Uh, I I do not believe that Lamar Jackson is throwing four interceptions in back-to-back games against the same team. I I just, I I don't think that's going to happen here against Cleveland. Um, I don't think that Cleveland somehow figured him out. Um, I think he's going to have a much better game. I think he wants to prove that that was an anomaly. So I think between his legs and his arm, that Lamar Jackson's the best of the bunch.
3: I didn't think I was going to see Kirk Cousins line up behind a guard or us lose to the Lions, but things happen, right?
4: Yeah, you know, things happen. It's, you know, it's the oddity that is uh, Coach Zimmer, and until he's gone, it's going to continue to be that oddity. I feel the same way about the Broncos and Vic Fangio.
3: just (laughs) Let's just do like nanny swap back in the day, except it's for the coaches. Well then, yeah, then the I, Kubiaks I, don't even have to sell their house.
4: Yeah, I don't want I don't want any part of that. I, I don't I don't want I I honestly don't know what I want from a coaching standpoint. <laughs> I, I'm ready to try just about anything here because the last couple
2: eh, not so good.
3: Give Brock Osweiler the card. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Let's get it interesting.
2: Nate, appreciate the check in this week, man. We'll talk to you next week. As always, appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right, Nate Lundy joins us via the BetQL Hotline, host of You Bet Tonight and co-host of the Fade the Noise podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcast, Coming up next, the Knights get a icy stone-cold dub. You found
1: the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas.
2: Paul and Lindsay with you on this Thursday afternoon. Thanks for making us a part of your ride home or wherever you're headed. Happy hour. Happy hour starts here. What? All the time. Always the the happiest
3: of hours if you choose it to be, Paul. Reverse
2: happy hours or whatever it is. Just
3: fake it till we make it. till it works.
2: It may not have been a happy hour for the Golden Knights, but certainly a happy 20 minutes as the Knights got the dub last night. Late 5-4 in the way over of the five and a half line that was set. Looked like Dallas was gonna steamroll away from them and all of a sudden the Golden Knights discovered that third period mojo that they had been missing for a while.
3: Yeah, I mean, they just got so pushed around on special teams. Dallas went three for three on that power play last night, which is very odd to see from the Golden Knights considering they're, you know, second, third in the league for home penalty kill. But the the um stars have a prolific score and Joe Pavelski, as we know. Oh, he had he had geez. two goals last night. And uh, when you constantly get in the eyesight of your netminder who relies on that skill set most of all to do his job, and he gets lit up, sometimes not the goalie's fault, but regardless, he's the one that gets pulled, the other LB goes in, and the Golden Knights are able to kind of chip away. And it's really about Mark Stone's ability to chip away at that lead and be uh, the emotional leader that this team needs in the biggest moments.
2: The biggest names scored at the biggest times for this team. The patch ready came up late in that third quarter with an assist and a goal. God, they were
3: fired up too.
2: You you could tell once they got that third goal back Mm -hmm. that there was a momentum shift. And it's crazy to say that when you're still down a goal. But it felt like the Knights turned into the aggressors. And while Dallas had a few good chances, it never felt like there were quality chances. Maybe there was like one opportunity late in that period where it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, crap. Hopefully he gets around to that one and it wasn't a real high danger.
3: Yeah, that last goal that Pavelski had that he went short side on the other LB on. Once I saw that, I literally left. I was like, that's the game right there. And as I was walking down, Amadio scores and you're able to kind of build back and I've seen how many comeback victories. It's more about me getting out of that area of town before all the drunkards start driving around because I just don't want to deal with that. But when you have a goal like that, you give it up, and then there is a missed net by Tyler Sagan as well. Sometimes it's the plays that aren't made, and then somehow Amadio, who's just been kind of your fourth line, uh, I'm here to take up space here, I'm here to be set down and not be picked up on the waiver wire when we need to reinsert people back into the lineup. And you have that kind of be your stop gap. And then the Mark Stone goal happens, which is just a Grime Fest 200. Like the, the, those rebound goals that we were talking about. Right, Pat yep. goal, that game winner was of that ilk. Mark Stone's goal was of that ilk. Uh, and this team – really never is out of games. That's always been their MO. They have their ability to kind of snap themselves back into it, and they rely on it too much. They rely too much on a lot of aspects of their game, like blocking of the shots instead of actually trying to play defense with your feet and with your body leverage. And sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you, and it almost did last night, but ultimately, ultimately, the mailman got away.
2: You'll take you'll take the wins anyway you can get them. Hell yeah, you will. That is the truth when it comes to this. And yeah, you're right. It wasn't like these monster set plays where they were finding themselves in opportune situations. It, no, it was those rebounds. Be free and and and, yeah. and
3: and all about timing. And when the Golden Knights get uh, frustrated, when they start just kind of shoveling pucks towards the net, they get sucked into the crease. You get you can be too close to the to the net minder to the net where rebounds will pop out past you, and then all of a sudden you're just. you're just kind of sweeping or mopping even though you just you know stepped there so you have to mop where you just stepped and then oh wait because you're just in a one by one box you just kind of go in a circle over and over and over again and just there wasn't that panic last night but you have to give credit to to coach DeBoer for for pulling Leonard because that kind of gives the team an exhaust valve in a way because the pull of Leonard isn't necessarily a knock on him it's Wake the F up, people! Like, we gotta do things. Like, we have to switch things around because you guys are playing so bad in front of him. But with that, when you make that big-time decision, you can kind of have that, well, that was when Leonard was in the net, and now the other LB's in. You can kind of make that switch, and then all of a sudden, new new year, new us. Doesn't work every time, and I wouldn't get in the habit of pulling our starting net minder, let alone having fans cheer it as he's skating off the ice. Don't know what the hell that was about. Um... But sometimes that's just the the cards you have to play, and some nights are more effective than others. Truth.
2: We don't normally do this. We always talk about Golden Knights' performance and, and moving forward and whatnot, but what does this tell you about Dallas as a team? What did you learn about Dallas last night?
3: I learned that Dallas is a lot um, deeper than a couple of years ago, and I know that yesterday when we were talking about I was saying a lot of shared faces, and that's still true. But remember, Ryan Suter's on that blue line. And he was first paired D up in Minnesota and he scored off a face off last night. There were two goals off of that face off last night. I didn't really learn that much about the Dallas Stars in terms of their identity because they played the exact way that I thought they would. Sure. But it's more about well, what's the Miro Heiskanen character capable of? He's on their top pair, but so Suter's in second pair, right? And so like, what is the, what kind of dynamic does that create if you have more stay-at-home defenseman Ryan Suter going up against the Marshies and the Riley Smiths versus the, the Mark Stones and the Max Pacioretty's? Or if they're switching them around, or obviously I was watching the, the Jason Robertson character where I said, keep an eye on him, he tends to find space in, in the back of the net. What do you know? Who scored first? Jason Robertson, uh, the the 12-year-old who can find find the back of the net better than probably most people on that team. But he was challenging Kirill Kaprizov for that Calder Trophy last year. And so it was just kind of confirming, so what's the deal with this guy? Because it was more after, well, we didn't really see Dallas at all last year. Uh, right. but I didn't really pay that much attention to him. And, and those, a lot of those young guys are in and out of the lineup during the, during the bubble, like the Kivy Ron to character. He was the one that had that hat trick against us. I think he had to get a hat trick in the Stanley cup final too. he was just like a, a total ringer. Um, but other than that, it, it, they're, they're exactly who I thought they would be hard nosed hockey. Right. Joe Pavelski's going to go clean up and they're going to make sure that, uh, they make you pay when they have the advantages three for three. Don't, don't, don't take penalties. Right,
2: yeah, yeah. That, and that was the thing, too, is, and that's what I think makes, you know, the, the Knights' comeback is not unexpected by any means because we've seen it here many times, but I think that's probably what makes it a little bit more just kind of enjoyable is that it came— Is it, was a, it in
3: commandable?
2: A, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a much different way to climb back into that game. You yeah. Know, the Amadio goal was, you know, it was like, okay, unexpected. cool, yeah, four to three, and then you're just talking, you know, rebounds, and it's just like boom, boom, minute— Stone, one minute later, Pacioretty goes, and yep. all of a sudden, okay, now we're just, we're just trying to ride out the last four minutes.
3: Yeah, and I will say that fourth line looks so much different with Amadio on it, and it's more with Revo not on it. And that's not a knock on Revo. I, everybody knows that, that we all love him. We all love the water <sighs> stuff. He, he, he's an absolute outlier in terms of what he's capable of doing with his body, but they play a lot more intentional uh, with this new fourth line because they don't have to worry about getting caught back or they they can go a little bit deeper into the zone because they have the skates to be able to get back and support. It just seems like they're a little bit more buzzy, like the bees are busier for them. Right. Um, but they haven't been getting the, the same amount of production out of it. So I'm glad that Amadia was able to get his second goal of the season. Uh, But we usually see a few more from Carrier by now. We usually see a a, a few more from from Colesar. I mean, he gets the chances, but that's also, I think, indicative of just, well, two weeks ago, the lineup, they were like top two lines. So, like, there's a settling. And so, if you can get these wins like this, if you can find those comeback victories when you're still settling into who you are, and as the players were saying themselves, turning the corner. I mean, this is, this is where we talk about the gap that you really need to mind leading up to the Olympic break and taking care of games that you need to. I mean, last night's game technically would be painted as one that you probably shouldn't have had. And same with the other Dallas game. So there's four points right there. That's huge. Yep.
2: Well, today uh, the Knights get to uh, relax and enjoy the win. Tomorrow, Philadelphia, which Pete DePore has already said he's calling it a trap game.
3: Well, they're getting smoked. They're on... Uh, them and the Islanders have lost like at least seven straight games, and they've gotten absolutely blown out the last two since they uh, fired Elaine Vigneault. Mike Yo's tenure is not off to a good start.
2: See what happens tomorrow night. Flyers coming into town. Get your full preview tomorrow. On the way, game shows of board games.
1: Paul Liebender and Lindsey Brown,
2: the playmakers.
1: Exclusively on eleven forty, the bet. I'll be honest with you; I have no
2: clue what this is. Me either. It's, it's like some. Is this something the, with pace? Is we this know. the video game version of this game? Okay, so this from is the Nintendo. the video game theme from the Nintendo game of Pictionary.
3: What a licensing fee! <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Pictionary had a theme song.
2: Apparently, it does. Uh, Pictionary is coming. As a game show, the game that you play, like, in basements of your best friends or, you know, yep. <laughs> parties, uh, Jerry O'Connell, who I'm trying to figure out.
3: Was married to Rebecca Romaine for years. Right. Was in, okay. Uh, was a show show called, me the money. Right. There was
2: a show called Sliders that he was in. Yeah. was what it was.
3: Jerry is famous for being kind of famous. Right, more attached to more famous people, but yeah, yeah I don't know if he's That's still right. with Stand Rebecca Romaine, but he they had twins. This I know,
2: right? So they're gonna do a a video a, a game show that they tried out over the summer, I guess, very limited. And there was another version of this game show back in like the eighties, which like no, I don't uh, nobody remembers. I don't I don't even remember hearing wasn't about born. it. I Until I dug into it, right? Yeah. So they're gonna do this Pictionary, like as. There was a show called, like, Win, Loser, Draw, too, where you had, like, draw stuff kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. kind of along the lines of this. Uh, but this is going to be a game show. I mean, I don't know if there's some random, like, speed round or whatever. I, guess, I didn't see it, but yeah, it, it just...
3: It's charades with gatekeeping. You right. can't use that clue. Right. You, can't do, you can't use that hand motion. Stop it. I just thought it was
2: interesting because, like, I don't know how many other game, like, board games, could actually translate into game shows. I started racking my brain, and I'm like...
3: Well, like, I mean, technically what, anything could be. It's just whether or not it's going to be fun.
2: Right. Would it translate into, like, an actual game that people be like, you know what, I'm going to go turn that on, like, Jeopardy, you know, Wheel yeah. of Fortune. Mm-hmm. You know, is there something out there that makes a lot of sense? Shoots a... and
3: ladders. You hell of a time.
2: If you went to Nickelodeon or a Disney, yeah. But then how do you, I mean, is it just rolls of dice? You have to answer questions? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the thing. It's like there was Scrabble. For a while, like, Chuck Woolery hosted Scrabble, and it was like a daytime game show. Uh, But I'm like, I'm trying to think of, like...
3: There's a a degree of struggle that we're willing to witness, and it usually isn't of the intellectual kind. We will watch people physically get destroyed all day because it's visual, right? But you can't really see the gears turning when it comes to stuff going on upstairs. And like I said, we just don't have the same amount of patience. Like, oh, you're so stupid. Why wouldn't you know this? And so it just overall won't be as an enjoyable experience if you're, if that's where those games are, are mostly based around, but like, I just keep going back to the Harry Potter and the sorcerer's stone night to E4, like just, right. that. Event, but it's slow, right? Like there's yeah. a pacing yeah, we to all it watched as Queen's well. gambit, but exactly. But, uh, when it comes to game shows, like you have to have that's a tight window. Like you got to be able to have people engage the whole time because they'll just, it's, it's, there's a certain formula.
2: Yeah. Because I, I was like, yeah, maybe Battleship, I guess, but then no
3: we just passed the defense budget they don't need any right
2: i was like connect four you could play that up at david busters but it's like yeah then again it's like okay i've got to add something to it i do i do a physical challenge or do i so like I just have to answer spoons. questions
3: my my yeah. invention which is spoons the the card game and then instead of having the spoons in the middle of your table you put them at the top of a staircase gotcha and then you race to the top and then you have to be really fast you have to have timing so you wait until everybody's like oh they're engrossed in the game you drop it and then you sprint up there's carnage involved, but it was the best middle school weekend up at the Bible <laughs> camp, I will say. I will say.
2: Yeah, even Price is right steals casino games. You yep. know, dice rolls and things like that. We can't
3: we can't come up with any original. But then again, board games have really taken off in the last 10 years. Like I played the sellers of Catan for the first time, which I had been meaning to for a very, very long while, but I did that for the first time in Alaska. Complicated, but once you get the hang of it, kicks ass. Gotcha. Because well, I didn't really know what was going on in the actual gameplay, I learned that we could make trades. And sure. so that the game within the game gotcha. became my game.
2: So you started playing strategy-wise.
3: Yeah. I said to the queen, bring me your gambit for this many wheat fields because right. you need to build this and I need to build this. How about you and I work out a mutually exclusive partnership? And then the person I helped the whole time won. Huh. Worked out perfectly.
2: <laughs> There's a life-size Hungry Hungry Hippos up at, uh, Dude. Up at Dave & Buster's. It's awesome. I
3: have the best. I This was never approved for dry land coaching back sure. in my previous life. Yep. I wanted to do human hungry, hungry hippos with like bungee cords. Right. I was like, well, wear helmets. It's fine. We will even get like the neck guards that the, the offensive linemen wear. So if their neck, you know, if their head snaps sure. back, that it's at, at least caught. Apparently the, the 10 and 11 year old parents weren't cool with that. Ah. The liability was a little bit too damn high. So then you just, adults though.
2: Right. Why not? They just read stories. Yeah. Right. You know what? Maybe the Cones of Dunshire will end up being a brilliant like, TV show.
3: Brilliant. <laughs> That's basically Catan. Right. Or Catan. I don't even know how to say it. I called Dan's car a Porsche there. He's like, Porsche. I'm like, Porsche. <laughs> Porsche. Sue me. Decatur.
2: Tomatoes. Yeah. Playmakers rolls on for your Thursday.